Hey friends, what's up? Today, uh, well, first of all, welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf 120, Daf Kufchaf, Masech the Shabbos. Um, basically, our learning today, it's, it's a great Daf, uh, pretty much smooth sailing, not 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 any agadita really, but uh, smooth sailing nonetheless. And it's basically based on two Mishnayis that we're going to learn. One of them talks about saving food from a fire. The other one talks about uh, causing fires to go out, to be extinguished. So that's really the um, sort of basis of our learning today. Um, cool, let's get started. Okay, we're going to start off the Kuf Chaf um, at the Mishnah, at the first Mishnah, about almost like 10 lines in, two lines before it gets wide. Matzilin Sa'am Malik Ikaros. Okay, so you can save from a fire a basket that is full of bread, okay? Meaning lots of bread. Afopishyeshbo meya sudas. Even though there's a hundred sudas in there, but it's one basket. In the basket is all this bread. You don't have to start removing bread so you can take out the basket. Take out the basket, so you could save it, right? Because of course, in the previous mission, we said you can only save three meals worth. But if you have one basket and the basket happens to have a hundred meals in it, it's fine. Just take out the basket. The eagle shall dvelev chavis shall yain. You can also um, take out this um, what was it? This like circle kind of bunch of uh, the circle cake of dried figs. The chavis shall yain and a barrel of wine. Right? These are examples of containers that have lots of content in there, more than enough for three meals. But nonetheless, you know, you don't have to start emptying out the containers or breaking up the the the, the fig cake. Just just take it outside and it's fine. And he can instruct to his friends. He can say, hey, come, new house is on fire, right? Last, what's it like? Uh, everything must go. You know, come, whatever you want. Now, if these chaperiners were, uh, were very sharp, they would then come back to this Nebuch dude who lost his house, come back to him after Shabbos, and asked to be paid for their time. <laughs> so, so first they go and they and they empty him out and take whatever they can, and then they charge him for for their time. <laughs> very sharp, very nice. And then to where um, where to where do we save these things that we're saving? So you save them into a chatzar that has an eruv, eruv chatzeris, right? So you have a few houses that open up into a chatzer. And as long as you've done an eruv, so you, so you can um, bring these items out into this chatzer. Ben b'serah omer af l'she'enem o'reves. And Ben b'serah says, even if the chatzer does not have an eruv, you can nonetheless uh, bring these inyanim over there. Fine. Even if it's not, Rebbe Maser says, even if you, if you, even if it does not have an Arab, you could still bring these things there. Ulisham motzi kol klei tashmisho, and also to there, you can also bring all these other things that you need. As Rashi says in the Mishnah, kol klei tashmisho shetzrichin lo laoso ayom that you need for that day. Gonkosis vikitonius, right? Any cups, any any you know dishes that he might need for the day. Vilovish kol mashiachol lilbosh vaotev kol mashiachol latov, and he can put on whatever whatever clothing he can put on. Uh, and he can wrap himself in whatever things he can wrap himself in. Rabbi Yossi says this is limited to 18 um, items. There are 18 types of items that he's allowed to wear. 
Okay. And um, he can then go out and bring, you know, take out whatever he's wearing. He can then go back in and make a new trip. And like that, he can kind of keep on getting dressed, go outside, take it off, go back inside, get dressed. And like that, he could try to save as much as he can. And he can, uh, you know, uh, tell his friends, hey, why don't you come and, 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 and help me out over here. Says the Gemara, one second. How can our Mishnah say that you're allowed to save a basket that that's um, you know filled up with bread, even if there's enough bread for a hundred meals? Didn't the previous Mishnah say there's a maximum of three meals? So Funa says, it, well, it, it it depends. If you have a basket and this basket is just full of lots and lots of bread. So just take out the basket, and that's fine. Even if it's 100 sudas, it's fine. You don't have to start removing them, you know. However, when we say three meals, it means if you want to be collecting, right, let's say you have, you know, um, a basket of bread over here and a basket of hummus over there, you know, whatever it is. So, and you're going to be just taking a bunch of baskets and putting them in like a larger basket. So now you have a whole bunch of smaller baskets in a larger basket. And now you're going to take that out. Well, 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 we don't want you collecting all sorts of stuff and, and, and putting it into this basket. Meaning, if you have a basket that just happens to already have tons of stuff in it already, so just take it out. No big deal, even if it's 100 meals. But if you're going to start collecting, you know, a little bit of bread over here, a little bit of this over there, and taking stuff and make a whole collection, and now you have this bigger basket that's, 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 and, and you have all these kind of smaller baskets that are now inside a larger basket, don't do that, right? They're, they're, that, that would be capped at, um, three, Right, that, that would be capped, capped at three meals worth, as we said in the Gemara and Kuf Yud Zayin, because if we allow you to take more than that, and you're going to start collecting baskets and stuff from all over the house to put them in this larger basket, you might just end up putting out the fire. Fine. Because Adam Bahul Amamono, a person is frenzied about his money. If a person is just coming to like save a basket that already has lots of bread in it, you could save it all. If you want to come and like, you know, collect lots of smaller baskets into a larger basket, you can only collect up to three meals worth. Rabbi Abba Barzavda Amar Rav Idi. No, 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 no. Do that again. Rabbi Abba Barzavda Amar Rav. So Rabbi Abba Barzavda said in the name of Rav. No. Both Mishnayis are talking about when you're collecting from uh, different sources. You're taking a whole bunch of baskets and you're putting them in a larger basket and you're taking that out. Um, okay, so then what's the distinction between three meals versus 100 meals? It depends. If it's to your own chatzar, so then you could bring out, you know, a hun- you know even 100. But if it's to a different chatzar, so then um, so then only three sudas. Fine. So asks the following question. Peresh Taliso. If what 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 if a person so we were talking about, you know, we just made a distinction about like a basket that has like lots and lots of bread in it already, versus if you take lots of smaller baskets and then you kind of put it in like a, a larger basket and you're gonna take everything out together. What if you kind of did something in the middle? What if you take a sheet? And you spread out this sheet or this shawl or something. Then you just start taking items and throwing them into this shawl. So what you're left with is kind of something similar to that basket that just had lots of bread in it, right? You basically have this shawl that has lots of food items in it. On the other hand, though, 
you collected it from lots of different sources. So it's kind of like the situation when you collected different baskets and put the baskets in the larger one, in which said, in which we, in which case we said that it's capped at three meals. So, you know, what, what, which one do we compare it to? So again, so by your of Yoshua, of Yoshua asked, Perish Taliso, if a person spread out his shawl, Vikipel, Viniach, Vikipel, Viniach. And then he was just like collecting and bundling different things and putting them in this shawl. Not in, not like lots of different individual baskets in the shawl, but just lots of different items he's putting in the shawl. And now he's basically got this shawl that has lots of stuff in it. Can he just take out the shawl with everything in it? My. So do we say that it's like when you're going to save that basket that has lots of bread in it and it's permitted? Or do we say that it's similar to like when you collect all these smaller baskets and put it in a larger basket, in which case we say it's not allowed. So now here, here we go, friends. Pay attention a little bit over here. It's not very difficult, but just my advice would be to pay attention. Tashma, come in here. Okay, now Rava said the following thing. Ate Rav Shezvi Lirav Chizda, that Rav Shezvi sort of made a mistake and, um, said to Rav Chizda, Vidarash and he expounded, Uvilvad Shiloyavi Klishu Machzik Yoser Migimel Sudis. Shmamina Kivalahatil Dami Vishapir Dami. If you remember, Andaf, I think it was Andaf Kuf Yudzain Amabez, yeah, so we talked about if a um, barrel full of wine breaks on your roof, okay? And the wine is now dripping down off of the roof. So we said that you're allowed to take a vessel and put it in your courtyard and that and, and, and all the drops of wine will collect in that vessel, right? We said that, right? Yes, we did. Okay, fine. So now, that is kind of similar to this, right? Meaning, you have a vessel, Okay, you're trying to save food. You're basically trying to save food, right? And you have a vessel, you have a clee, and you have all these drops. You're basically collecting lots of different drops into this vessel. So that's kind of similar to over here where you're trying to save lots of different foods into this blanket. So whatever we say over there, we can basically compare it to here. You guys got that? Right? Over there, you're collecting all these different drops into a clee. And over here, you're collecting all these different food items into a clee so you can then save them. So now we say over there, that Rav, um, Rav Shezvi sort of made a mistake in telling Rav Chizda that Uvovad Shelo Yavi Klishu Sudis. That as long as in that case you do not bring a Kli that holds more than three Sudis. Meaning, Rav Shezvi made a mistake and said, that the kli, that this vessel that you're putting in the courtyard to collect all these drops of wine cannot hold more than three sudas. Now, we said that he's making a mistake, which means that in reality, you would be allowed to bring a kli that holds more than three sudas worth. And since in that case, where we're collecting all these drops of wine, and we're saying that you're allowed to use a kli that's, that would hold more than three sudas, so therefore, he, here also, we would say that when you're saving this food from the fire and you take out this shawl and you're just collecting all this food and putting it into this uh, shawl, so you also would be allowed to collect more than three pseudos worth and therefore it would be similar to Matsilin versus Mikaplin.
So we see that um, putting all of these items into this shawl would be like um, saving the basket that has all the bread in it, not like collecting all the smaller baskets, which would be capped at three meals. Did, you, did everyone get that? Did everyone get that? It was a little confusing because it's based on the incorrect thing that Rav Zvid said. But the point at the end of the day is that since we say that when the wine is dripping off the roof into this vessel in the courtyard, you're allowed to use a kli that, it, that will contain more than three meals worth, right? And you're collecting wine into this kli. So here also, when you're collecting food into this blanket or into this shawl, um, you would be allowed to collect also more than three meals worth. So now, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak asked Rava, what was the mistake, right? Meaning we said that Rav uh, Shezvi made a mistake in explaining to Rav Chizda that the kli in the courtyard would only be able to hold up to three meals when collecting the wine. But we said that that was a mistake. Why was it a mistake? Amrleh, so Rav Nachman, so Rava said to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak, the katane, because um, we had said over there in that brisa, I believe it was in a brisa, or maybe it was a mishnah. A brisa. So because we had said over there, Uvavad shelo yavi kli acher v'yiklot kli acher v'yitzare. Right? We said that you're allowed to put a kli in the courtyard as long as you do not bring another kli, an additional kli, and collect the drops that are like in midair or put it right next to the roof to collect the drops, you know, immediately when they're coming off the roof. Kli acher hudlo, you're not allowed to bring an additional kli. But in that kli that you have in the courtyard, however much you want to save, you can save. And therefore, once again, since in that courtyard, when you're saving the drops of wine, the kli that you're saving the drops of wine into can be as large as you would like. So here also this shawl that you're putting things into can be as large as you would like, even if it's more than three meals worth. Okay, great. The eagle shall dvela chule. So now moving on. So the Mishnah had said something very interesting, right? Which is that these, uh, he can invite his friends to go take stuff, to take food from the fire. And then it says if the friends are smart, they'll come back after Shabbos and ask to be paid for their efforts. So now, the Gemara says, What do you mean they're going to come back to this person who unfortunately just lost his house and demand that they get paid for their time? They just scored. They, they just got free food. How, why, why are they going to come now, like, just take the free food and go? Why, why, why would they get paid for their time for, like, going and just hopping Hefker? Why should they get paid for that? So Amr of Chizda, Midas Chsidus Shanukan. So said of Chizda, over here we're talking about a characteristic of Chasidim, of, because they didn't want to just take the guy's food. What they're going to do is they're not going to eat it, they're going to save it. And after Shabbos, they're going to come back to the guy and they're going to say, look, here's all the food that we, that we um, salvaged for you. However, it would be nice if maybe you can pay us for our time and our efforts. Amr Rava, Chasidim Agud Shabbat Shakle. Rava says, seriously? This is what you call chasidim? This is what you call pious people? People that, you know, save things for you and then come and bill you for it later? 
Hasidim is the opposite. Hasidim are people who dafka, you know, give of their time and their energy. And even if they could technically charge you for it, they won't. They'll do it for free to help you. That's what a chassid is. What, they're going to come now and say, like, give us our money for our, our work that, that, that we did for you on Shabbos when your house was burning down? That's not a very chassidish thing to do. That's not a very righteous, pious thing to do. Ela Amarava, rather Rava said, Here, we're talking about meaning nothing out of the ordinary, just very sort of just straight people. Meaning they're not, they're not doing anything wrong, but they, it is within their right to ask to be paid for their efforts. And they're, they're, they're doing that. So meaning, so says the Gemara, So on the one hand, they aren't really interested in benefiting from this other guy whose house burnt down. They're not interested in benefiting from his, from his things. And therefore that, you know, they'd rather just give him back his food that they collected for him. But at the same time, But they also don't really feel like, um, working for free. And this is what it's saying. If they were smart, that they know that this would not, you know, asking to be paid for their time that they did when they were, but that they invested when, for, for saving this guy's food for him, that's not Schar Shabbos. As Rashi says, right, uh, it's three lines into the wide lines of Rashi. It's kind of in the middle of the third line. This wouldn't be schar Shabbos. It wouldn't be considered getting paid for work that they did on Shabbos because they didn't come into this contractually from the beginning. Therefore, since it was just kind of like, you know, on, on, uh, it just happened sort of uh, like last minute. They just ran and started saving stuff. So they would theoretically be able to ask to be paid back for their efforts. So they're allowed to make a cheshbin and, and with this guy and ask to be paid for their time. Now, if they were, Midas Chasidus would be just to give, give the guy back his food and wish him well. After all, he just lost everything he owns. Um, but you technically would be able to ask to be paid for your, for, for your efforts. Um, okay, fine. Um, and where do we save this stuff? So, fine. So then, so, so the Mishnah had said, um, two different things. When it came to saving food, so, so it says that the guy whose house is burning down, he could tell his friends, Bo vatzilu lachem, go and save for yourselves. And when it came to saving clothing, he says, Bo vatzilu imi, save with me. Right? And the first, when it came to food, they're, he's instructing that they save for themselves. Yet when it comes to, um, Clothing, he's, he's, he's saying, um, you know, save it with me. So what's the difference? So, How come when it comes to food, he says, save for yourselves. When it comes to clothing, he says, save with me. So, Well, it says, take for yourselves when it comes to food, because he's really only allowed to save up to three meals worth. When it comes to clothing, he says, save with me because he could theoretically wear this clothing that day. Okay? The rabbis taught, he could put on clothing, take it outside, take it off, that he can go back inside, 
take some more clothing, put it on, go outside, take it off, and keep on doing this and try to save as much clothing as he can. And he can even do this all day long, according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Omer says, Rabbi Yossi, Shmona Osir Kalim. No, you're limited to 18 Kalim. You can keep on, if I understand correctly, you can keep on going in and out. But what you're allowed to put on is limited to, to a certain 18 things. What are they? Miktoren, which is a cloak. Unkli, which is an outer coat. Ufunda, which is like some kind of a money belt. Kabus Shopishtan, a linen doublet. I don't know what that is. Vichaluk, and a tunic. Uh, I don't really know what that is either. Vaafiliot, uh, and a robe. And, yeah, uh, I think I know what that is. Umaaforet, a kerchief. Alright? Like a handkerchief. Or maybe like a bandana. Ushne Safarakin, leg bands. What are leg bands? Ushne min alim, in two shoes. Okay, I know what that is. Ushne ampilaos, uh, in two socks. Oh, very nice. Ushne pargod, and two gaiters. What are gaiters? Vichagor sheb mosnav, and his, uh, belt that's on his loins. Vikova sheb rosho, and his hat. Visudar sheb and his scarf that's on his neck. Okay, that's Rabbi opinion, friends. Alrighty, new Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon ben Nanis Omer. Says Rabbi Shimon ben Nanis. Porsen or shall gedi algabe shida teva umigdal. Shachos boyanasa or mpneishu mecharech. Okay, so if you have a shida teva umigdal, what is that? Don't worry, I wrote them down. A carriage, a trunk, or a closet. These are things that are made out of wood. So if fire um, catches on these wooden uh, items. So what you can do is, you know, you want to prevent the fire from spreading and burn, consuming the entire item. So you can take a hide of goat and you can cover this, um, you know, uh, carriage, trunk or closet. And hopefully that will prevent the fire from spreading. Okay. Because what will happen is the, you know, the, 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 the hide is moist. And it'll just kind of singe the hide, but kind of keep it back. Keep the fire back. Okay. And what you can do is also you can kind of uh, surround the fire with all sorts of vessels. Whether these vessels are empty or whether they're filled with water. So that the fire does not spread. However, Rabbi Yossi says you would not be allowed to use um, pottery vessels that are filled with water, because these um, earthenware uh, vessels that are filled with water will not be able to sustain the heat of the fire and they'll break and all the water will spill out and will extinguish the fire. So the Tanakama seems to say, yeah, that, that's kind of, yeah, do that. Good idea. That's like a great way to put out the fire. It's a grama. Gram keyboard, you're causing the fire to go out. You're not pouring water on the fire. You're just putting vessels there. The fire will burn the vessels, break them, and put itself out, essentially. And Rabiosi says, come on, you're not allowed to do that because it's causing the fire to be extinguished. That's Gram keyboard. It's causing extinguishing. And we're going to be getting into this sugya of Gram keyboard um, just now. Amr of Yehuda Amarav. Talis sha'achaz ba'or. Mitzad Echod. So says of Yudah in the name of Rav that if you have a talis, some kind of like a cloak, and it caught on fire, so what you could do is nosnin alea my mitzad acher vim kavsa kavsa. So what you could do is you can make the other side of the talis wet, 
And what will happen, of course, is that the fire will continue to consume the cloak until it gets to the wet part of the cloak, and then it'll go out. So that's grama. You're basically causing it to go out. You're not, you know, pouring water on it. You're just making the cloak wet. And what's going to happen is the fire is going to keep on spreading until it gets to the wet part, and it'll just, it won't be able to continue, and it'll go out. Meisve, we have a question against Ravuda Amarav. Talis she'achaz or mitzad echod. So what if you have a cloak, a garment that caught on fire? Poshto miskaseba. So what you could do is you can, you know, I guess open it up and cover yourself on it. Vim kavsa kavsa. And in the process, it went out, it went out. But you wouldn't be able to like apply water and do a grama. You'd just be able to sort of, seems like more like a davrashen miskavin kind of thing. You're just going to put on the cloak. You know, maybe it'll go out, maybe it won't. And if it does, it's davrashen miskavin. I assume that that's pshat. Or and similarly, if 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 Rahman is Sefer Torah caught on fire, poshto, you open it up the Kori bone, you can read from it, and if in the process it went out, it'll go out, and that's fine. No, so what do we see? So we see that you wouldn't be allowed to like you know, like you wouldn't be allowed to do like Ravudo Marav is saying, which is mamish pour water on the cloak, and then when it you know, if it goes out, it goes out. You can't do that because that's Gram keyboard. Certainly you're you're definitely causing it to go out. But you can use the item, and if in the process of using it, it goes out. So, 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 so then, um, I guess it would probably be a double chain of miskavin, which is mutter. Because maybe it'll go out, maybe it won't. So the Gemara answers with the Amr Kribshim Benanis. Well, Ravud Amarav, just as like Shim, he says, like Rabshim Benanis, who holds that Gram Kiboy is mutter. Right? Because he said that you could put the hide on the, on the burning, like, uh, closet. So Amar the Amr Shim Benanis Mpneshu Mcharik Gram Kibui Mi Amar? But the Gemara says one second. I would say that maybe according to Ibshim Benanis, he's not necessarily extinguishing the fire. It's not like you know when you make this cloak wet and then you know water's gonna put out the fire. No, you're just putting this hide there, it's gonna kind of just slow it down. You know, it'll prevent it from spreading, but it won't necessarily put it out per se. Okay? I guess that's slightly different than water. I guess the water it doesn't just pre- prevent it from spreading. It also will actually like water will extinguish it. We're over here. I guess it's more like it'll prevent it from spreading and then it just won't be able to consume, have anything to consume and it'll just kind of die out. But it, you're not actually putting it out. You're just preventing it from, from, from spreading. And I guess, I guess if it goes out, it goes out. But, but I guess, um, you're not necessarily caught. I guess that's not exactly gram kiboy. Or at least that's what we want to think to say. Right, so we want to say, but Reb Shimon ben Nanas, he wouldn't actually allow you to, let's say, apply water to a cloak, um, and the water is going to actually, when the fire gets there, the, the water is then going to be putting it out. So, in, the Gemara says, actually, Reb Shimon ben Nanas would say that Gram Kiboy is allowed, causing it, causing the fire to go out is, is acceptable. Midik Tani Seifa, from the fact that the end of the Mishnah says, Reb Yossi also b'chlei cheres chadashim leimayim, from the fact that Rabbi Yossi, his opinion is that you would not be allowed to surround the fire with these new earthenware vessels that are filled with water because they are certainly going to break and then extinguish the fire, i.e. Rabbi Yossi holds that Gram Kibui is Osir. Well, that implies, that implies that according to the Tanakama, Gram Kibui is permitted. And the assumption is that Rabbi Shim Benanis is holding like the Tanakama, um, unless he's, unless maybe he's even the, he's even, 
Maybe you could say that I guess he's the entire Tanakama. Okay. Meaning up until Reb Yossi. Fine. So, so we're saying that according to Reb Shim Benanis, uh, <clears throat> Gram Kibwe would be permitted. And therefore, when Reb Yudah Marav says that you're allowed to apply water to this cloak, and then when the fire gets there, it'll go out, i.e. Gram Kibwe, causing extinguishing. So that would be permitted. And that is like Reb Shimon Benanis in the Mishnah. Tanar Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Ner shall gabe tavla. What happens if you have a candle? Remember, friends, these candle, candles are like the candles that we were talking about way back when. These like um, Adam Friedman, of course, showed us different examples uh, of what these candles look like. But they're like those uh, genie lamps, right? Right. So, Ner shall gabe tavla. So if you have these uh, candles that are on top of a board, Menaris a tavla vino felis. So you could shake the board, okay? And the candle will fall off the board, okay? Vim kavza kavza. If it goes out, it goes out. Okay? Okay? Sounds like, I guess, it's like a, a Davashin Muscovian thing, I guess. Maybe it'll go out, maybe it won't. If it goes out, it goes out. Amr de Verabyanai. They said by the, by the Bismajish Verabyanai, Lo shanu ela bishocheach. That is only if you had forgotten the lamp on the table. Then you could shake it. Aval bimaniach. If you had deliberately put the, the lamp on the table, well then, then the table becomes a base for something that is uh, forbidden, right? For, you know, the, the lamp, which is, which is also to, uh, do, to work with on Shabbos. So the board, if, if you deliberately put the lamp on the board, well then, the, you know, everything's going to be muksa. You won't be able to shake the board because it's muksa. However, if uh, you forgot the candle on the candle slash lamp on the board well then um you would be allowed to shake the board and the candle will fall off and then if it goes out it goes out tana we learn in a price if you have a candle behind a door okay you would be allowed to open and close the door and if by opening in the door and closing the door the candle goes out it goes out no big deal Light Allah Rav. However, Rav uh, would curse anybody who would do this. Anybody who would anybody who would um, open up a door, you know, have a candle behind a door. Then if you open it, it would go out. You, um, according to Rav, you should be cursed. My time Rav. Why is Rav getting so dramatic over here? Why is he cursing anybody who has a candle behind his door? And if you and if it, if he opens it, it might go out. If you want to say that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who says that Darvishin um, and is Osir, and this Brisa by saying that you're allowed to have the candle behind the door, and if it goes out, it goes out. So that's assuming Darvishin and is Mutter. Like Reb Shimon. So Mishum Durav Sarvala Kreb Yuda called the Tani Kreb Shimon Milet Laitle. So just because Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore anybody who holds like Reb Shimon, he has to curse? Amrle, Baha, Afilu Reb Shimon, Mode. So Rav Ashi, or maybe it was Rav Chibar Abba, whoever it was. Uh, no, Rav Chibar Ashi. Well, Rav Acha, Bredurava. Whoever it was that answered it, he says, yeah, but this is different. Even Reb Shimon 
would agree that in this case, when you have a small little candle behind the door, that when you open it, it'll go out. Even Reb Shimon would say that you wouldn't be allowed to have this set up. Because of course we know that Abai and Rava both um, say that Rebbe Shimon admits that when it comes to Psikreshe, if for sure the Malach is going to happen, then it's not allowed. And over here, for sure, the candle is going to go out when you open the door because it's a very weak, it's just one flame. Okay. That is why Rav, that is why Rav got so dramatic about, uh, about this and cursed anybody who would have a candle like that behind the door. Okay. Amra Yehuda. Okay, a person is allowed to open a door. Um, a person is is allowed to open a door opposite a, a like 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 a bonfire, like a bigger fire on Shabbos. And even though by opening the door, it is going to like be fanning the flame and increasing the the the, the burning. Layit Allah Abaye, to which Abaye cursed. I guess anybody who would. Uh, do this, who would have a bonfire right next to the door so that when you open the door, it would, um, you know, increase the burning of the, uh, of the bonfire. B'maya skinon, what are we talking about? Ilema buruch mitsuya. Well, if we're talking about just a regular wind that's outside, and when you open up the door, just a regular old wind is going to come in. My time at the manda asr. So why does Rabbi say that that's asr? What, what's the, what, what's the problem with the ruach mitsuya? Says Rashi, my time at demand the asar. It's not normal to um, burn with a regular mitsu, uh, regular wind. Therefore, it's not a psikresha. And if it is a, a sort of particularly strong wind, well then my time up demand the shari. Well then, how come uh, uh, Rav Yudah would say it's permitted? Because if it's if it's you know you would normally Use a strong wind in order to to uh, you know increase the kindling of the of right right the, the burning of the bonfire. So the olim bruach mitsuya really it is talking about a regular wind. My gazinon, my gazinon. Rav Yehuda says it's fine. You can open the door. We're not we're not going to make a gzera because of a ruach she'ena mitsuya. Whereas Abaye was quite passionate in holding that um, you wouldn't be able to open the door, and he would even curse anybody who would uh, have a bonfire right by the door. And because even because um, we make exera by ruach mitsuya because ruach she'ena mitsuya would be a problem. Osin mechitza chule. Okay, so we had talked about making like uh, surrounding a fire with these different vessels. So Tanakama says surround them with whatever vessels you want. According to Yosi, however, um, you would not be able to surround the fire with new earthenware vessels uh, that are filled with water because they will certainly break and extinguish the fire. So we see that the Tanakama holds that gram kiboy causing extinguishing is permitted. Rabbi Yossi says gram kiboy is not permitted. Lememra drabanan savi gram kiboy mutter Rabbi Yossi savar gram kiboy aser. So is this to say that according to the rabbis, according to the Tanakama, gram kiboy is mutter causing extinguishing is permitted Rabbi Yossi Savagram Kiboy Asr, whereas Rabbi Yossi holds that causing something to be extinguished is forbidden. But we have a brisa in which we learn the opposite. Okay, what's that brisa? Titanias, we learn a brisa. You're allowed to surround the fire 
with um, vessels that are empty, as well as with vessels that have water in them, shein dark and lishtaber, as long as they will not uh, generally break. Okay. And what's an example of 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 kalim that do not normally break, that wouldn't normally break? Metal kalim. Okay, b'seder. So we have the Tanakhama in this brisa that we just quoted, and the Tanakhama here is saying that the only vessels that you would be allowed to surround the fire with that have water in them would be vessels that would not break. So it sounds like the Tanakhama is concerned about gram kiboy and saying that it's forbidden. Now, what does Rabbi Yossi say? He's a little bit more lenient. So while he's not saying, you know, that you're allowed to cause um, uh, extinguishing, but he's saying that in addition to metal kalim, you'd also be allowed to use these vessels, these earthenware vessels from kvarshichin and from kvarchanania, that they're very strong and they won't and, and, and they won't go out either. So even though Rebiosi is not exactly saying that it's mutter. To, to cause extinguishing, but he is being more makel than the Chacham. So we have our Mishnah in which the Chachamim seem to be saying Gram Kibui is Mutter and Rabbi Yossi is saying Gram Kibui is Aser, but we have this Brisa in which the Chachamim are saying Gram Kibui is Aser, the only Kalim you'd be allowed to fill with water would be metal Kalim because we can know for sure that they won't break, whereas Rabbi Yossi is being a little bit more makel and saying in addition to metal you can also use these other earthenware vessels that are strong. Okay, fine. Okay, well, um, so maybe say this. So maybe just flip around the Mishnah and say that Rabbi Yossi is the author of our Mishnah who says, or is the Tana in our Mishnah who says that Gram Kibui is Mutter, and it's the Chachamim who say that Gram Kibui is Aser. And then what you could say is what's going on in this Brisa that we just quoted is as we saw that the Chachamim say Gram Kibui is Aser. The only uh, vessel with water that you're allowed to have would be metal because it definitely won't break. And what Rabbi Yossi is coming to say is that he's not he's not agreeing that Gram Kibui is Aser because after all, we're saying that he would be the one in our mission who says Gram Kibui is Mutter. But what he's saying to the Chachamim is that, hey Chachamim, even according to you, that you say that Gram Kibui is Aser, but you shouldn't just limit um, these vessels to metal vessels. You have to admit at least that um, these vessels from Kvar Hanani and from Kvar Shichin are also very sturdy and won't break. Meaning, even though Rabbi Yossi, we're arguing, does not hold of, meaning says that Gram Kibu is mutter, he's just saying to the Chacham that, you know, why are they, why are they, even though he understands that they say that Gram Kibu is Aser, but why are they saying that the only Kli that you're allowed to fill with water is metal? You can also use these Kvarshich and Kvarchananya, no? That, so, right? Rabbi Yossi, the Braisa, the Devreim Kohamar. And therefore, as I just said, Rabbi Yossi in the Brisa is not saying, right, when he says that you're also allowed to use these Kfar Shichon and Kfar Hananya because they're also sturdy, he's not saying that that's his opinion. That's not his opinion. His opinion is that Gram Kibui is Mutter. What he's suggesting is Ledivreim, right? He's saying that according to them that they hold Gram Kibui as Aser, they should, right, you should also be nonetheless allowed to use these Kalim from Kfar Shichon and Kfar Hananya because they're very strong. Umimatis Ibchasla. Can you really do this? Can you really flip around our Mishnah and say that Rabbi Yossi says that Gram Kibwe is Aser? No. Sorry. Can you flip around our Mishnah and say that Rabbi Yossi says Gram Kibwe is Mutter? No way. Because nonetheless, Rabba Bar Tachlifa says the name of Rab that who is the Tan who says that Gram Kibwe is Aser? Rabiosi. Okay, so don't flip around the mission to say that, that Rabiosi says Gram Kibu is Mutter, the Chacham say Gram Kibu is Aser. 
No way. Rabiosi says that Gram Kibui is Osir. Okay, so what do we do with this Brisa? Which sounds like the Chachamim are saying Gram Kibui is Osir. Do not switch around our, our, our Mishnah. And that Brisa that's talking about these Kalim and saying that Gram Kibui is Osir and maybe you can only use metal, metal Kalim with water in it. Maybe you can use from Kfar Shichim and, and, and Kfar Hananya. It's all Rabiosi. Kula Rabiosi. The entire Brisa is Rabiosi. The Brisa, however, is missing a few words. And this is how you have to learn the Brisa. You're allowed to surround a fire with empty kalim, okay? And with kalim that are filled, however, you have to make sure that these kalim that are filled with water do not normally break. Because if they break, then the water will come out and extinguish the fire. That's Gram Kibwe, it's not allowed. And these are. Um, the vessels that do not normally break that you'd be allowed to surround the fire with. Metal kalim. And then the Bryson continues, and these vessels, these earthenware vessels from Kvashikin and Kvarchanani, they also don't normally break. Shabyosi Omer, because Shabyosi says Afklay Kvashikin Kvarchan. Because Rabbi Yossi says that even the kalim of Kfar Shichin and Kfar Hananya also do not normally break. So that Bryce is entirely Rabbi Yossi, and that's why the Bryce is saying that Gram Kibui is Osir. And it's saying that according to Rabbi Yossi, you would, however, be allowed to use metal kalim that have water in them, or these kalim of Kfar Shichin and Kfar Hananya that have water in them, because they do not break. Now says the Gemara, Virami Drabanon Adrabanon, Virami Drabiosi Adrabiosi. Now, we are about to um, uncover a, um, I forget the word I'm looking for, but an inconsistency, I think is the word I'm looking for. We're now going to uh, uh, uncover an inconsistency between the words of the Chachamim and the words of Rabiosi, because apparently there is another place where the Chacham and Rabiosi seem to be having opposite opinions. Let's see. The Tanya, as we learn in the Bryce, let's say a person has the name of God written on his flesh. Well, he can't wash it off. He can't anoint it with oil. He can't stand in like a place where it would be inappropriate to have the name of God. What if he needs to go to the mikveh? What does he do if he needs to go to the mikveh? He's got to go to the mikveh. He's got to immerse himself in water, but he's got the Shem Hashem written on his skin. So, right, and we're concerned that if he goes into the mikveh, maybe the Shem Hashem will be erased, and we don't want that. So, what he does is he just wraps around it some kind of a read, and then you can go to the mikvah. Okay, fine. Okay, I'm sure you guys all have questions about chatzitza. Don't worry. We'll get there, friends. Rabbi Yossi says, um, no, you can just go to the mikvah regularly. You just go to the mikvah regularly. As long as he doesn't rub the Shem Hashem, he can go to the mikvah regularly. And if the water then erases the name of God, it's a grama. It's permitted. So what do we see, friends? We see here that we have a brysa 
that's dealing with erasing, you know, a person who had God's name written on his arm, let's say, and he's going to the mikvah. And the question is, this is complicated because on one end he has to go to the mikvah. On the other end, by going to the mikvah, the, you know, it's going to cause the water to potentially erase God's name. So he's not erasing it. You know, as Rabiosi said, he, he wouldn't be able to, you know, rub it off with his hands. That's for sure not allowed. But just to go into the mikvah and then the water kind of erasing it, which is more of a grama, um, you know, causing it to be erased. So in this case, the Chachamim are saying, no, not allowed. You have to cover it up with some kind of a reed, seemingly to prevent it from being erased, because they would say that, you know, causing it to be erased, a grama would be a problem. Where Rabbi Yossi seems to be saying, no, as long as you don't rub it out with your hands, just go into the mikveh, it's fine. If it gets erased, it gets erased. Apparently, grama would be permitted. Hmm. So the Gemara says, right, and of course, this is the opposite of what we've been learning, which is that, when it comes to extinguishing a fire, the Chachamim are saying, Grama, no problem, it's fine. Gram Kibwe is okay. And Rabbi Yossi is saying, what do you mean? You can't use new earthenware vessels that are filled with water because they'll break and put it out. So Gram Kibwe is Aser. Yeah, when it comes to erasing the name of God, the Chachamim seem to be concerned about Grama and, and Rabbi Yossi is not. No, what's Pshat? So the Gemara answer is shiny awesome. So first the Gemara answers for Rabbi Yossi. It says it's different when it comes to erasing the name of God. The Amar Kra, because the Pasuk says, that it says that you have to destroy the names of Avodah Zarah from Eretz Yisrael. But do not do this to God's name. Do not do this to God. Do not erase, do not destroy God's name. Right? It said, but it says, Do not do it. Do not actively erase God's name. A grama though. You know, causing it to go be erased, that you're not erasing it yourself, but let's say you're going to the mikvah and then it gets erased on its own, that would be acceptable. And that's why Rabbi Yossi says that you would be allowed to go to the mikvah even with the name of God written on your arm because as long as you aren't actively erasing God's name, grama would be permitted. The Gemara says, But Rabbi Yossi, what does it say when it comes to malacha on Shabbos? Do not lo ta'aseko melacha. Do not do any melacha. So let's make the same drasha. Asiya hudas or grama shari. That you wouldn't be allowed to do melacha, but grama would be allowed. And therefore, as long as I don't extinguish it actively, Rabbi Yossi, shouldn't I be allowed to just put a, a kli there and if it breaks, it breaks? So the Gemara answers, mitoch sha'adam ba'ola mamono isharis le asi lechabuye. So Rabbi Yossi answers, I don't have a problem with Grama on Shabbos. I don't have a problem. You're right. It says, Don't do any Malacha. Grama's mutter, you're right. So then how come I say that you shouldn't surround the fire with, with, with vessels filled with water? I'm not concerned about Grama. I'm concerned that because of a person is Bahula Mamono, because a person is frenzied about his money, if you allow him to like have all sorts of ways to put out the fire, he's just going to put out the fire. He's not going to do it in a grama way. He's just going to put out the fire. Therefore, I'm not concerned about grama. I'm concerned about the psychological, the human aspect, which is Adam Ba'ola Mamono, and I'm concerned that he's actually going to do the malacha of Kiboy. Fine. However, when it comes to grama in general, when it comes to this, when it comes to this fellow who's got the name of God written on his arm, can he go to the mikvah and maybe that will cause the, the name of God to be erased? That's fine. It's a grama. Fine, so we explain to Rabbi Yossi. What about the rabbis? 
When it comes to Shabbos, they seem to not have a problem with grama. But when it comes to erasing God's name, they do have a problem with grama. And they say you have to cover God's name with a reed so that it doesn't get erased. If when it comes to Shabbos, that there's a human element, which is that Adam Bahula Amamono, a person is frenzied about his money, he might end up just extinguishing the fire. And, and there they say, yeah, we're not concerned about grama. Well, over here, what, what, what would be the reason for them to be concerned about grama, to be concerned about God's name being erased, you know, uh, through a grama, that they have to say you have to cover it with God's name? So the Gemara says, Vitizbra says, wait, do you really think that when the Chachamim are saying to cover God's name, it's because they're concerned about Grama? You got it wrong, buddy. Hi, Gemi, Hechidami. What's the deal with this reed that you're applying to God's name? Idimahadek, if it's super tight, so as to prevent God's name from getting erased, well, Kohavi Chatzitza, well, then it would be a Chatzitza. You're not allowed to go to the mikvah with a Chatzitza. Ilomahadek, and if it's not on tight, well then Aili Beimaya. Well then water is going to get in it, and it's going to erase God's name, and it'll be a grama anyway. So what's the deal with this, with this reed? Now Chatzitza, the Gemara says, wait one second. Chatzitza, Tepukle, Mishum Dio. The Gemara says, wait a second, one second. Why are we concerned that the reed is going to be a Chatzitza? Let me ask you a better question. The ink itself should be a Chatzitza. So the Gemara answer is Belecha. No, it's talking about moist ink, and therefore because it's still moist, it's not, it's not a chatzitza. The Tanis, we learn in the Brayse, Hadam, blood, vadio, and ink, vadvash, and honey, vachalav, and milk, yevation, chotzitzin. If they're dry, they make a chatzitza. Lachim ain't chotzitzin. If they are uh, moist, they don't make a chatzitza. Fine, we call makam kasha. Okay, the Gemara says, okay, back to our original question. Nu, what is the deal with this reed that the Chacham are advising that this fellow should put over the name of God? If it's on too tight, well, it's making a chatzitza. If it's on too loose, well, then the name of God's going to be erased anyway. So what's the deal with this reed? So, Ela Amarava by Rav Shila, Hainu Tamayu Rabbanan. Rather, says Rava by Rav Shila, this is why the Rabbanan say that you should cover the name of God with a reed. Dikasavre, because they hold, that you're not allowed to stand in front of the name of God naked. And therefore, this guy has sort of a complicated situation. He's got the name of God written on his flesh. And therefore, if he goes to the mikvah and he's naked, well, then he's going to be standing naked in front of the name of God. So the Rabbanans say, okay, what do we do? So we say, cover the name of God with a reed. Now, don't cover it too tightly because it'll be a chatzitza, but cover it just so that, um, you know, you won't be standing in front of the name of God naked. Now, if it comes, if it, if it gets erased, it gets erased. It's a grama that's permitted. Oh, okay. So we see that according to the Rabbanan, and really according to Rabbi as well, everyone seems to be agreeing that grama is permitted. Right? Right? If the name of God gets erased when it goes to the mikvah, that's not our concern. Right? Rabbi says he doesn't have to put, doesn't have to cover it at all. The Rabbanan say you have to cover it, but not because they're concerned that it's going to get erased. They're just concerned that you're not allowed to stay, stand in front of the name of God naked. So therefore you should cover it. Now, when it comes to Shabbos as well, the Rabbanans say you don't have, you know, you could just surround the fire with kalim, even if they have water in it, and even if they might break, because it's just a grama and that's mutter. And even Rabbi Yossi who says that it's not allowed, it's not because of grama. Grama is also mutter. He's, he's just concerned about the human element of Adam Ba'ulam Mamono. But everyone seems to be assuming that grama is permitted. Okay. So now the Gemara wants to know, Michlad Rabbi Yossi Savar, Mutter Lamud Bifnei Hashem Arum. One second, but according to Rabbi Yossi, who says that you don't have to cover, cover the name of God with a reed, he, what, I mean, he says that you're allowed to stand in front of God's name when you're naked. I mean, the Pasuk says, 
that it shouldn't be seen in you erva, uh, right? You shouldn't be standing in front of God's name naked. So the manach yade So the Gemara answers, no, he covers the name of God with his hand because he's covering the name of God with his hand. He doesn't need to read. The According to Rabbanan, that's a great idea. Why, why, why do they say you need to read? Just cover it with your hand. So zimnin demishdele v'shakule, because sometimes you might forget and remove your hand. So better to just have a read over there. You don't have to worry about forgetting. So according to Rabbi Yossi also, why does he say just use your hand? You know, sometimes you might forget and remove your hand. Isn't that a problem, Rabbi Yossi? So the Gemara says, look, if there's a read there that you can use, by all means, says Rabbi Yossi. It's when you don't have a read available. And the question is, do you have to go now and find the read? You're right by the mikvah. You're about to go into the mikvah. You realize, dope, I got this shame Hashem on my flesh. And I don't see any reeds. Now what do you do? Do you push off going to the mikvah so that you can go find a reed? Or do you just go to the mikvah? So, Rabbanan savre tvila bizmana lav mitzvah. Madrinan, Rabbiosi savre tvila bizmana mitzvah v'lo madrinan. According to the Rabbanan, they say, look, it's not, you don't, there's no, there's no uh, benefit, there's no mitzvah to go to the mikvah on time. Right? Go to the mikvah whenever you get a chance to go to the mikvah, right? And therefore, better that he should go and find a reed so that he can cover up the name of God and play it safe. Uh, better to do that than to go to the mikvah right now and you might forget and, you know, expose yourself to God's name. But Rabbi Yossi, on the other, however, he holds that tefillah bismana mitzvah. No, you do need to go to the mikvah on time. And if you go to find a reed, you might then miss the opportunity to go to the mikvah. So therefore, he says, look, just go to the mikvah, cover it with your hand. You know, if there's a read around, use it. But if not, then just cover it with your hand, cover Shem Hashem with your hand, and that's fine. But everyone agrees that, um, you know, grama would be permitted. Friends, we're, we're, we're going to stop here, even though it's kind of in the middle a little bit. But um, it looks like there's a lot of work that we got to do to get to the Mishnah. So, so we're just going to, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up from there tomorrow. Um, that was Dav Kufches. No, that was Dav Kufchof. So what do we talk about, friends? So we had two Mishnayas. The first one talked about saving uh, food from the fire. So now the Mishnah had said that you can save a basket full of food even if it's enough for 100 meals. So we asked, but what about the previous Mishnah that said you only it's capped at three meals? So Rufuna said, well, there's a difference. You know, in our Mishnah, we're talking about um, when you have a basket that's just filled with tons of food. So take it out, even if it's not for 100 meals. When we said in the previous Mishnah that oh, you could, it's capped at three meals, it's when you're collecting a bunch of smaller baskets into a larger basket, then it's capped at three meals. Uh, Rabbi Abba Bar Zabda said in the name of Rav that no, both Mishnahs are talking about when you're collecting a whole bunch of baskets. But the Nafkamina is if you're taking it into your Chatzar or, or a different Chatzar. Okay? Then we asked, what if you take a whole bunch of smaller items and put them on a blanket? Can you then take out that blanket? So we say that, yeah, it's no problem. You could take out the blanket. Fine. Then we said something interesting, which is that, you know, he can call his friends over and say, hey, you guys can take whatever food you want. But then the friends after Shabbos could bill him for their time. So Rav Chizda said, yeah, well, this is the Hasidim, right? This is the, this is the Miras Hasidus that, you know, they don't want to take his stuff. So they give it back after Shabbos, but they charge him for their time. Rav says, what do you mean? If they were Hasidim, they wouldn't be charging them him for their time. They would just do it as a favor. So, rather, he says, these aren't Hasidim that we're talking about, just simple Yorah People who, you know, kind of 
follow Allah and Allah is that they're entitled to get paid. So they ask for it. Fine. But they'd rather give back the, the, the items and then just get paid for their time. Then we talked about for a while, you know, causing a fire to go out, right? So the Chachamim say that you would be allowed to cause a fire to go out. Rabbi Yossi says you would not be allowed to cause a fire to go out. The question is how come? We brought a question based on causing the name of God to be erased. Um, and we basically conclude that both the Chachamim and Rabbi Yossi agree that causing, um, whether it's causing the name of God to be erased, whether it's causing a fire to go out would be permitted. Um, in our case, Rabiosi's concern is that Adam Bahul Amamono, person is concerned about his money and therefore he might, um, end up putting out the fire entirely. So therefore we say, um, you know, do, do not even cause a fire to go out. Okay. Friends, that was Daf Kuf Khaf. I hope you enjoyed and hope you enjoy your day. Peace.